You're listening to Your Two Cents, the podcast, made possible by Credit Unions of Atlantic Canada. To lease or not to lease? That is the question. Our guest today is Dane Woodland. He recently bought a new car, and Sylvia recently leased a new car. They talk about why they chose the lane they did, and teach each other a thing or two that might be useful down the road. I always love talking to you. Put a huge smile on my face. You're so full of positivity and energy. But you were on your two cents, the show. Um, It was our number one episode of season two that you were on. No big deal. Famous Dane Woodland. Wow. This is a nice little surprise. Well, thanks for sharing that with me. I'm uh, I'm tickled uh, to hear <laughs> that that's the case. Wow! I know it was um it was such a great episode. The thing I loved about that was that it was such useful information, which is what we're always trying to do on your two cents. But real people talking about buying things is so helpful, and that's honestly why this podcast exists. It's real people talking about things as it relates to money, and we may not have all the answers, but we might have some of them. Absolutely, and we figure it out along the way. <laughs> we sure do. So we're going to talk about buying and leasing cars today. Okay. Nothing to do with computers, which is what we talked about last, last time. time. Um, this is a really interesting topic to me. You and I have both had car leasing and buying experiences happen to us very recently. Mm-hmm. And I just want to dig into it a little bit, but I feel like I just want to start off with some softball questions if you'll entertain them. I'm into it. Let's play. Okay. If someone dropped off your dream car at your front door right now, what would it be? Oh, a Mercedes-Benz, like the the G-Wagon. It's like that big, like, rectangle on wheels. I just think that is so, like, badass. (laughs) That's my dream car, too. Amazing. (laughs) I think they're so wicked, and there's something, like, super rugged, but also really glam about them. I love a G-Wagon. Yeah, they are so cool. Okay, we're going to get matching G-Wagons when this is our most popular episode (laughs) of the season. I love that. (laughs) I can't wait. It's a sick dream car. Yeah. Picture this. You're driving in your G-Wagon. What are the top three songs on your road trip playlist? Well, uh, top three, I think... I love the song Birthday Card uh, by Chet Faker. It's a good bop and it's like seven minutes long. So you you get to enjoy it for a long time, which I really like about it. I also love 212 by Azalea Banks because it's just a total banger. I love to, you know, be in that positive energy. And I think I'm going to pick a wild card for my third one. It's actually one that I just enjoyed just last night during like a little like marketing thing we were doing at our work and we were putting on some music to pump people up. And it's the song uh, Prima Donna Girls by Marianne and the Diamonds. Like just, I love that song so much. Uh, it was it's it's a, it's a fun one. You can't not smile and dance and have a good time. So those are my top three. Those are awesome. It sounds like your G-Wagon's going to be bumping with a good time. 100%. <laughs> I love a good, happy jam in the car. I will say this. I did not grow up in a household listening to Fleetwood Mac, and I went through the Billboard Top 100 songs of all time, or album, sorry, of all time, and Rumors was on there, and I was like, I've actually never heard all of the Rumors album. Wow, yeah. I'm telling you, start to finish bangers. You will have a smile on your face. It is such a great way to kill a road trip. Really, really late to the Rumors party, but I stay. It's a great album. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I also am late to the party, so I think I might take you up on that recommendation and check it out. <laughs> Let me know how you like it. I think yeah. you'll enjoy it. There's some pretty good pump-up jams on that one for sure. I want to shift things a little bit. You are a personal trainer. You are a TEDx speaker, and you've been successfully running your own business for a few years now. You know a lot about a lot, but did you know anything about the big purchase you recently made that happens to have four wheels? 
Not as much as I wish I knew. <laughs> Tell me about it a little bit. Do you want to dig into kind of yeah how your experience went? Definitely. Yeah. You know what? It was a really powerful learning experience for me in a lot of ways, actually. At the time that I purchased my new vehicle, um, I had another vehicle that it was near the end of its term. And, you know, I got the contact from the dealership saying they were looking for cars of my model uh, on the lot. I feel like perhaps it was actually them wanting to to start another term with me, you know, to kind of keep me as a customer. But my car was so beat up that I was just so ready to get rid of it. And, you know, they offered me a certain amount of money for my car. My car had like dents and stuff in it. I felt like repairing it would cost me the same that I might have been given for the vehicle. And so I just kind of, I just ate it up. And the transaction went by so quickly um, that I didn't do like, I don't think my due diligence on exploring, you know, what I was getting myself into and also like ensuring that I was getting like the right fit for myself this time. So it's amazing how that little like offering for my vehicle just really kind of um, like drew me into the experience just so quickly, you know? Well, it's like someone's showing interest in you and value in the thing. And if you were already sort of feeling over your car and someone's willing to give you some money to kind of eliminate a problem, it's easy not to get swept up in that. And the idea of a new car is exciting and fun. And yeah, I totally could see how that would happen to you. It's a thrilling thing for that mm-hmm. to go in that direction. So it's a big financial decision. What were some of the questions that you wish that you had asked when you started out? You know, I think a big one that uh, I think about a lot and and I've heard more and more discussion amongst my peers around it is like whether I should lease or finance. That's like a huge piece of discussion, you know, with like technology changing, our interests are so fleeting, like being committed to something. And again, like my situation, my last car was financed. Um, I had the the responsibility then of also trying to do something with it uh, because I was the owner. I have several peers who now who lease and they really like that they can kind of just trade it back in and, you know, get something else. So I think that's something I really wish I had just like dug into, you know, uh, what option is, is better for me. So you bought your car. I leased our car for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned mm-hmm. because you bought, was there any reason you didn't consider leasing was buying a car just always the thing you thought you had to do? Yeah. I, you know, I feel like we're almost in this like culture where owning is, is seen as being like better than renting. And yeah, you know, it's just like, I was told that that's what I should do. So that's what I did. And I never really, you know, thought about it any further than that. It's so fascinating because I grew up in a household where that was the same thing. I think there wasn't this mythical story floating around our neighborhood of the person who returned their lease and got dinged for overages. We're talking Mm -hmm. like in the 90s, early 2000s. And that really scared my family off of ever leasing a car. And so my mom to this day still buys her vehicle. Same with my dad. And I did a lot of homework when we decided to move from owning a car to leasing a car. And for us, it was a pretty easy decision. We got into the situation because we had just switched provinces. Our car was older the amount of money we would have had to put into it, similar to your situation, probably would have been more than what we got for the car. So when we started looking at it, it was a purchase that came up kind of unexpectedly. We had to pass this test in the new province to be able to get there. So we had no choice but to get rid of our car because it had to pass this emissions test. And in order to pass the emissions test, it had to get all this work done to it. Mm -hmm. So we did not have savings built up for this car. And we weren't really in a position to go out and finance it completely. There was a lot going on in our lives. So we looked at leasing and we actually started digging around. And the more and more we looked at it, it really made a lot of sense for us to lease our car. And so now we're on, we just got a new car. We're on our third vehicle that we've leased. Wow. It's 
Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big leasing advocate and I've actually just converted my mom to lifelong buyer and I'm not going to disclose her age, <laughs> but I will say I'm pretty impressed that I flipped her over to the wow. other side. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. The reason is all the things that scare you, like going over your kilometers, and it's not a thing that you technically own. All of those worries can kind of be parked because if you look at your deal and your deal is X amount of dollars down when you pick up the car, then you make your payments over the course of whatever your term is. There's a buyout number at the end. So if your buyout number and what you've contributed over time adds up to the same thing, you can buy that car at the end of your term if you really want to. Right. That's not a big deal. So you still have the option of that car becoming yours. In our particular case, there's a car shortage right now. We were able to get rid of our car. We had equity in our leased car because the demand for cars was so high that we were actually able to put some of that money towards our new vehicle. So it really worked well for us. We did get things like lease protection and all the things that kind of scared us a little bit about what if like we have a dog? What if the dog were to do damage in the car? We're just living our lives. What if you get a bump and a scrape and whatever? We were really worried about that. So we did get lease protection. We return our car, kind of wipe your hands clean and you move on to the next one. And we didn't spend any more money than if we owned it. And I think that's the real trick to it all is making sure that that math does make sense. Definitely. That's eye-opening for me. (laughs) Just here to spill all the goods. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with financing either. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a different approach to what are you looking for? But do you want to hear what my mom's rationale was on how I got her? Absolutely. It wasn't even me. I can't even believe this. This is so smart. My mom says to me, with the introduction of electric vehicles, there's going to be so many electric vehicles coming in in the next few years. I won't be able to sell my gas-powered car. So I want to lease it so that when I want to get rid of it, I don't have to worry about selling a gasoline model to someone looking for an electric car. And I was like, right. (laughs) That makes total sense. True. So I thought that was really, really fascinating. And really valid. Absolutely. Um, my partner actually just bought a hybrid car, um, and that was part of the decision-making process for her as well. And, and I, I'm already seeing it. The battery charges itself. I have to get gas so much more frequently than her, and I can just see that my vehicle, by the time it's able to be sold, I think it. I had never thought about it until you just said it. Uh, it might be difficult for me. Ever wonder what sets Atlantic Credit Unions apart from the big banks? Well, they do banking a little differently. They have all the products and services a big bank does, and sure, they have fees, but they invest their profits back into their communities, which in turn benefits their members and their families. There's so much to consider. Like, that's a consideration that I think is fresh for people. And it's going to take a while to Mm -hmm. shift over to electric completely. But I just thought that was so interesting. I really think the things you have to consider if you're going to look at leasing a car is, what is your mileage? Are you driving like crazy? You can definitely add more kilometers to your package, but it could get to the point that it becomes too expensive to do it that way. So for some people, they don't want to worry about that and that's not a problem. There's some really interesting things like that that you need to be thinking about. What kind of wear and tear do you have? Are you you know, a single person with no kids? Are you someone with kids? And there's a lot of really heavy usage on your vehicle, all those kinds of things. Even like the climate that you live in, do you park outside all winter? Is there more damage likely to happen to your car? Just the kind of like general wear and tear that goes on. But if you actually just talk to the person that you're buying your car from, they should help you figure out what options are available to you. There's always a dollar sign attached to them. So do not get me wrong. It's not like you can just drive all you want to and not worry about that. 
But if the financial side of it makes sense that you can get the kilometers you want and the insurance protection and all of those things, then it might be a good option for you. Mm-hmm. I also have one more thing. I feel like I'm just sharing everything. I'm sharing my soul to you on the car front, Dane. Have you ever heard of Lease Busters? No. All right. I just learned about Lease Busters too. My brain's been exploding. As you can see, I've been doing some research lately. Okay. So Lease Busters is a service that if you have a vehicle that you are trying to get rid of and you are not at the end of your lease because sometimes breaking a lease can be expensive, You can put your car on lease busters and people will look for vehicles to take over your lease. So you end up ultimately taking the lease over from the car company that you got your car from, but you assume the end of the term. There's a couple reasons that I love this idea and I know people who've used it very successfully is all of a sudden they need to get a car and they don't want to worry about like the down payment and all of the things that come up front. You can oftentimes find a car that people just need to get rid of it. They're moving or they can't afford their payments anymore or whatever it is. They don't care that they have already put money into it. They just want to get rid of it. It's also kind of a cool way to try out different cars. Like if you know you need a second vehicle for a year, you could get in, find a great car for you for a year and use it. Or just a great way to get a vehicle that you want that's coming in a little bit less money than maybe the one you really love walking away from a brand spanking new off a lot. So Lease Busters is my other like top secret, but not anymore, trick of the car world. That is an incredible share. It's funny that you say that because sometimes, and, and in the you know situation I was just talking about getting rid of my previous vehicle, there was times I was like, I wish I could just get rid of it. <laughs> you know, And so a service like that would be so helpful because uh, I think it takes away some of the burden and responsibility that can be involved. I think that's really cool. With things so rapidly changing. Uh, I am very fickle. You know, I would love to be able to just kind of <laughs> try a new car here or there. <laughs> Until we get our G-Wagons, but until then, you want to be able to play around for sure. Do you think that there is any way to take your power back? Like you kind of got swept up in this world of car buying. How can we flip the script for buyers? It's a very interesting question. Um, And I I like that you actually talked about reclaiming power because I I think that, you know, the power is and perhaps should be in the consumer. It's for us and we have the right to, um, you know, determine what's best for us. I think it's about getting, you know, getting curious and and not being afraid to ask the questions because ultimately lease or or, uh, finance, they want you to have the car. They're going to do what they need to do to make you feel good about having it. So I think it's like, yeah, asking those questions um, and taking the time to really uh, learn about you know all those things and, and challenging I think too those ideas and patterns that we do just because we've always done them you know and, and taking the time to research for yourself so it's I think it's yeah it's empowering yourself to, to learn and explore uh, a little bit more when you're navigating that arena absolutely I think knowledge is truly power there's so much emotion I think even more emotion maybe tied into a car purchase than a home buy because it's like you're driving around in it all the time. We've really conditioned ourselves to attach vehicles to like status and self-worth and all of these things that it's really easy to go, oh, I'm like, okay, well, I could have that thing. Sure, maybe I can do that. And to your point, they want you to spend money with them. So they're going to figure out whatever way to get you in a car. And sometimes like us at the very first lease that we got, we were in a jam. Like we needed to get in a car. We needed to get in a car quickly. But just taking a minute to try and step back and take a breath, do some homework. Talk to some friends, like you were mentioning, who've gone through both sides of it to go like, could you teach me anything about that? Because we're so scared to make ourselves vulnerable, especially when it comes to money. And I don't think we should be, especially on big ticket purchases. This isn't like you're going to the store and grabbing a carton of milk. It's an expensive purchase that is going to cost you money over time. And it's really, really important that we walk into them more prepared. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so I think... 
doing your homework, asking questions, and just um, not being afraid to say that you don't know something. Yeah, because like, how else are you going to learn? You know? <laughs> totally. I worked in the car industry for a long time, and I did not know a lot until I got in there. And I still don't know a ton, but you learn, you live and learn, as they say, is really the key to that whole thing. If you were going to walk into a car dealership right now, what do you think the first question you'd ask someone would be when you start your next car buying or leasing process? You know, all that's kind of floating around for me right now. I feel like it's a very broad question, but I, I, I'm really starting to center myself as that person who's getting this product or this service after, you know, what we just exchanged. And I just like, I want to know like what they're going to do for me, you know, as their customer. Um, and I know that's like a big question, but that's what I really want to know. Like, how are you going to take care of me? You know, you were talking about how we identify with our vehicles. Like I see it truly as like almost like an extension of yourself sometimes. And I want to take care of myself. So I want to know how you're going to take care of me, what you're going to do for me. I think that's really important. I love that. Go in there like yeah. guns a blazing because they are, they should be taking care of you. It's a big thing and it's a long-term commitment and we do deserve to be valued as customers that way. I think it's really, really smart. Okay. So you sold your car directly to the dealership. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Do you think you're better off privately selling your car and using that money towards a new one or letting the dealership deal with it? When I think about situations like these, I think sometimes about, um, you know, it's funny, we're talking about money, but like about how um, you might value your time and energy as well. I would think about almost like if you're selling to the dealership, it's like an outsource where you're, you're paying for the convenience. If you have the capability um, and the know-how to do the private sale, uh, I think that you can probably make yourself, uh, you know, more money perhaps. So I think like when I think about someone like myself, like I didn't feel very knowledgeable uh, at the time about that process. And again, you know, it's funny, we just talked about learning more and asking questions. So maybe I could have taken the time to learn instead of kind of rushing into it. But uh, I think there was also something for me that was about the time and what I could do with that time that was spent would you know be otherwise spent perhaps um, selling it, showing it, like doing the things to get the papers and all that stuff because some of those processes are, are so um, streamlined when you do it through the dealership as well. But I do also recognize you know that when we get someone else to do it that uh, uh, they're getting a cut, of course. So again, it's kind of weighing out those things I think a little bit. It's really smart and I think as someone who works for themselves, you've probably learned that too. Where are you investing your time and energy and outsourcing is super important. And it's actually something we've never sold our cars privately. We've always just brought them back or rolled them into something else. And in this particular market, there is a car shortage. So we had one car to choose from on the lot. And our car was a car that was in demand. So we could have bought our vehicle out from our dealership and then went and sold it privately and made some money off of it. And for us, it just wasn't worth it because there's so many other things going on in our lives. I don't know how much more we would have gotten if we had gone that way but you're taking a pretty big gamble. And like, I tried to sell a fridge on Kijiji last spring and I'll tell you, not a fun time. The amount of people haggling over a hundred dollar bar fridge was wild. And that kind of sunk in too. It was like, well, how much time and energy am I gonna spend and what money am I losing or what could I be putting towards my business or my home life or whatever else is going on for this trade-off? So I love that you're talking about delegating and doing that. I think there's a lot of, sense to be had there for sure. Absolutely. In many ways uh, of the word. <laughs> no pun intended, but it's so true. So I would say this, I don't think that you are alone in not feeling like you knew what you were doing going into it and getting caught up in the emotions and kind of ending up at the end and going, oh my gosh, what did I just live through? And there's no harm in that. I think we've all done that. I certainly have for sure. I think it's just a matter of afterwards going, oh, wait a sec. Okay. What could I have done differently? And that's such a great moment 
of reflection for sure. At the end of the day, finding something within your budget, making sure that all works for you. I think those are the most important things. And I'm sure you did that when you were going through this process. What's the right fit for me that way? Yeah. And the rest you kind of keep compounding on that knowledge over time and you're going to go into smarter consumer the next time and an already smart one to begin with. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Do you have any feelings about insurance? Yes, I do. (laughs) Please tell me all your feelings on insurance. Oh man, well, mine's pretty expensive. Um, (laughs) So a lot of my feelings around insurance are tough. Some of it is reflective of the same things that I said before, which is like, I I wish I had done more inquiring because there are so many things and layers that you can add to your insurance. You know, combining uh, your insurance for for one policy with something else uh, can be really powerful. Like I can remember one time, previous provider I had, um, I was renting a house at the time and it was actually cheaper for me to have the um, rental insurance and my car insurance bundled together than it was to have just the car insurance alone. You know, so much learning to explore. And another thing I think about when it comes to insurance beyond uh, that sort is also the insurance that what if something happens to me that I'm not able to work and pay for my car anymore? I mean, you know, there are options like that or tire insurance. I have, honestly, I have a slow leak right now and every day I go out and pump up my tires before I drive away and it's kind of embarrassing. I know people who have tire insurance and something happens and boom, you know, it's taken care of. And I wish, I just wish I had explored that a little bit more. It can be a way to, if you don't ever use it, it can kind of suck. But if you need it, it can be really, really helpful. I did not know there was a thing called tire insurance. Yeah. That's mind boggling because it's true. And tires are so expensive. The last thing you want to do is be worrying about that. Oh, I have to look into that because I don't have tire insurance. Yes. It's true. Bundling is really important. Shopping around. I could not believe the price difference when I started shopping around this time for car insurance. We saved so much money by switching providers. I was blown away. So it's really important. Everyone's situation is going to be different. So I'm not going to name names and tell people where to go. It really depends on what can you bundle, who's living in your house, who's driving your car, all those other things. But I think like even more than doing your homework on buying your car, do your homework on insurance because you can save, we saved a couple hundred dollars a month when we switched. Yeah, That's not nothing. That's a lot of money. You know, when I think about insurance too, I think about that same question I asked about the vehicle, like what can you do for me? Because I think a lot of times in in these conversations, when you're really willing to dig deep and and ask about the services and possible discounts and everything else, like you can really, like you said, like shopping around, asking around, like comparing prices, you know, well, you know, this place is going to offer me whatever. Um, It's really incredible. And you know, it's funny, we talked about the work of selling privately. I do see value in spending the time and energy to shop around with insurance for sure. Yeah, I see the value in that time. I could not agree more because like I said, it could save you a lot of money. We're not talking five bucks a month. We're talking potentially hundreds of dollars. And I really think you're so right. Talk about loyalty, talk about bundling, call and ask, like, I've been here for a long time. What can you do for me? And you will notice that people will jump, but you have to ask, no one's going to call you and just offer you less money for a thing you're paying more money for. So advocating for yourself, I'm a big proponent of that. I think it's super, super important. I love this. Thank you for being so honest. I think we're all sometimes going through things and we end up on the other side and wish we had done things differently. And it's not to say that it was the wrong way to do it, but there's always things you can learn along the way. And I love thinking about you driving around in your new car with your 
top three playlist makes me so happy. <laughs> That's right. It would be bumping. Bumpin'. Yeah, it, it truly Cannot would be. Wait. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you are loving your new car. I am. You know what? Despite the whirlwind that got me there, I, I love to roll up and I love to come out and hit the uh, the key fob and just see it like blink at me. You know, it's, uh, I, yeah, I'm very happy with my purchase, I must say. And you know what? Hats off to the salespeople who got me there because uh, it was pretty good. That's <laughs> amazing. I love to hear it. Nothing like the car blinking at you and lighting up your soul for a good mm-hmm. good way to start a day for sure, hopping into a car you love. Awesome. Well, totally. such a pleasure talking to you, Dane, as always. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Take care. Jonathan, I grew up my whole life believing that buying cars was the only financially responsible thing to do. And as you just heard, I am now team lease all the way. Same. There really are pros and cons to both options, and it really comes down to the dollars and cents of it all. If you aren't sure which option is the right one for you, just ask a trusted credit union advisor. They've got financial products that can get you on the road and probably save you a dollar or two on the way.